0: Good morning, and welcome to the Houghton Wesleyan Church on this third Sunday in Lent. Would you please stand with me as we share together in the call to worship, which is printed in your bulletin. Let us worship God, who reconciles us to himself through Christ. We are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. Let us worship God as Christ's ambassadors. Through us and through our worship, may we announce the good news to all. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Praise God, we are reconciled, redeemed, renewed. Would you please pray with me? Father, we thank you for your many promises We thank you for your many gifts, and we thank you, most of all, for Jesus. For it is in him that we are reconciled and redeemed and renewed. Father, may you speak deeply into our hearts today as we worship you, our Almighty Father, our Savior, and our friend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. That's good singing. Before you're seated, greet someone and welcome them to the house of the Lord this morning. I want to welcome you to our service this morning. We are glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. Um, I want to call your attention to a number of announcements in the bulletin this morning. Tonight, small groups continue meeting in community homes and at the church. We also have a special koinonia service this evening in Wesley Chapel from seven to eight thirty. It's going to be worship through the decades, and we'll have. Uh, uh, Worship songs from the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and into the 2000s. um, You're invited to come and join us for that as well. There are a couple of uh, inserts in your bulletin, as you can see. Um, There's the All-You-Can-Eat Spaghetti Dinner, sponsored by the Houghton Volunteer Fire Department. And uh, I invite you to take notice of that insert. Also, if you're a college student, we want to invite you to join us on March 25th for our college student dinner and there's an insert there that you can uh, sign up for that and RSVP by Monday, March 19th. We'd love to have you join us for that. Um, a number of, uh, well, let me, let me mention the prayer vigil. You can sign up in the foyer for the prayer vigil that Houghton College is sponsoring. Um, it's going to be a 24-7 prayer vigil, which begins tonight at 8 p.m. and ends next week at 8 p.m., And uh, the focus of this prayer vigil is human trafficking and slavery, and the college has invited us to be part of that, and so I want to encourage you, if you would like to be a part of this prayer vigil, to sign up in the foyer after the service this morning. A number of prayer concerns. listed in your bulletin and a, a few that are not, I want to uh, just let you know that uh, Pastor Wes is sick. He has pneumonia, so we invite you to pray for him. Also pray for Pastor Cindy. She uh, was here this morning, but she also is not feeling real great. Uh, let's just pray for the, uh, uh, the Odin family, for Pastor Wes and Pastor Cindy, just for the Lord's healing touch in their lives. Also, uh, Christina LaSalle Peterson's father passed away this past week. And so let's remember Christina and her family in our prayers at this time. Um, They will be in Rochester most of the week. And I believe there's going to be a memorial service next Sunday, the 18th at Penfield Wesleyan Church. Um, Let's keep that family in our prayers. And then there are a number of other prayer concerns in the bulletin that you can see. And I just want to invite you to add those to your prayer list for this week. The scriptures tell us clearly that there is no one righteous, no not one, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we truly stop to ponder the holiness of God and the deep, deep love of God, we come away finding ourselves wanting. So I invite you this morning to join me in this prayer of confession listed in your bulletin. And we will pray together in unison this morning. Merciful Lord. In your word, you have told us that if we love you, then we are to do so with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. While knowing this command, we confess that instead of living in total surrender, we have resolved to give you just enough. We declare you are Lord with our mouths, but we do not affirm it with our lives." We follow the path of ease and comfort instead of choosing to live in faithful obedience. We hoard all that we can instead of trusting you for our daily bread. And we seek vain recognition instead of bringing you glory. Forgive us, Lord, our thoughts, attitudes, and actions that have hindered people from knowing you and help us to accept the life Abundant life that can only be found in you. Amen. Amen.
0: Our Old Testament scripture verses today come from Psalm. This is Psalm 103. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 103. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. But he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass; they flourish like a flower in the field the wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more but from everlasting to everlasting the lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts the Lord has established his throne in heaven and And his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones, who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At this time, I would like to invite the ushers to come forward, and would you please stand as we sing together the Gloria Patri? with me. Thank you, Father, for the many, many ways that you meet our needs. Thank you for the privilege you've given to us to give back just a portion of what you've blessed us with. And now, Father, may you multiply these gifts and use them to fulfill your purposes here on earth and to bring glory to your holy name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
1: As we go into our time of prayer this morning, if you would like to make the altar your place of prayer, I want to invite you at this time to join me there. Gracious Father, we praise you today. You are the sovereign ruler of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. All creation bows low before you. You are our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. It's in you that we live and move and have our being. You have loved us with an everlasting love and called us into covenant relationship with yourself. You and your great love for us made it possible for us to be reconciled to you through the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. In love, he bore our sin and sorrows, taking upon himself the penalty for our rebellion against you. We are amazed and grateful for grace such as this. And so today we have gathered here as members of your church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. We've gathered this morning to add our hearts and voices to the millions of believers around the world who are also gathering in your name. Today we're joining a mighty throng of worshipers lifting up hearts and hands in worship to you we are simply stepping into the stream of never-ending praise and worship that constantly flows before your throne. You alone are worthy of our praise. This morning, Lord, we pray that you would enable us through the power of your Spirit to live out your calling in our lives, to be the church, to announce your kingdom and your reign, and to spread the love of Christ everywhere we go. Allow us by your grace to be agents of your grace in our world today. Father, you see our hearts and you know many of us come today with burdens and concerns that weigh us down and threaten to derail our focus on you. You care about the details of our lives, the pains and the sorrows that we bear. Meet each person here this morning right at their point of need, I pray. Father, we pray for those among us with health concerns. We think especially this morning of Pastor Wes. We pray that you would touch his body and restore his health. And we pray for Pastor Cindy as well, that you would touch her and help her to feel better. Father, for those among us who are recovering from surgery or from illness, we just pray your healing touch in their lives. Father, we think of those who are grieving the death of a loved one. We think especially today of Christina LaSalle Peterson in the loss of her father. We pray, O God, that you would wrap your arms of love around her and her family and draw them close to you. We pray that they would know your peace and your presence with them today in a very special way. Comfort them, we pray. And for others who are also grieving the loss of loved ones, We just pray that you would comfort them and be near to them today, we pray. Father, there may be some among us who are discouraged or depressed or despairing. We pray that you would encourage their hearts, that you would be their hope, their refuge, their strength. Draw near to them today, we pray. We lift up to you our government We pray for our president and for Congress. We pray for state and local governments. Father, we pray for the upcoming election. Our prayer is that your will would be done. We know that you hold the nations in your hand. And we ask your will for our country today. Lord, there are many places around the world where there is conflict and strife, pain and suffering. We ask, Lord, that you would bring peace to the nations of our world through Christ. And ultimately, Lord, today we simply ask that you would be glorified in each of our lives. And we pray these things together in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done
0: Our New Testament reading comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We'll be reading chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, remember that formally you who are called Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, In him the whole temple is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: May be seated. <clears throat> well, one of the uh, great joys that I have had over the last 10 years serving here at Houghton Wesleyan is the privilege of working with college students. And as most of you know, the last two years, last year and this year, we have taken a team of students to South Dakota to serve with uh, Wesleyan Native Ministries. And the service obviously is a little different this morning than in, than was scheduled and planned. Pastor West asked if uh, if we would be willing to share, and so we said, "Sure, that would be wonderful. We would love that opportunity." Obviously, we're sorry that he is sick, and we're praying for him. Uh, but we're glad for this opportunity to share with you just a little bit about uh, our trip to South Dakota and what the Lord um, uh, has done and is doing in us and through us um, as a result of this trip and uh so, uh, without further ado i 'm going to turn the service over to the team and And uh, there will be different ones sharing with you. We're also going to do a very brief skit just to give you a tiny taste of some of the ministry things that we were doing on the trip. Uh, We had a couple of dramas. We had a worship team. uh, The students all had their testimonies prepared and ready to go for the services that we did. And so we just want to uh, give you an opportunity to uh, see a little bit of what we did. And uh, we're, again, glad for the opportunity to have you hear from the students this morning.
2: Good morning. Um, My name is Megan Weishart, and I actually had the privilege of going to South Dakota last year. Um, So it was really neat to get to go back and reconnect with people and and make new friends, too. Um, So yesterday afternoon, Pastor Todd found out that we were going to be doing this. So he just said, you know, why don't you just briefly share whatever's on your heart? So two things came to mind. The first one is kind of serious, so I'll save that for... The second thing I say. The first thing I want to say is kind of funny. So, one of the funniest parts of the trip for me was on our free day, we went to Custer State Park, which is a really cool place. It, it's just a lot of open land, and you drive along a road for miles and miles, and you just uh, look at all the wildlife. And um, so you see things like buffalo and prairie dogs and antelope, and you know if you're lucky, you get to see those things. And luckily on that day, there wasn't any snow, so we did get to see a lot of neat wildlife that you wouldn't see around here. Um, but my favorite part was, near the end, we, we kind of got separated. We had two cars. We had a van and a car. And the car got separated, I don't remember why, and um, we finally caught up to the van to find them surrounded by donkeys. <laughs> and uh, we were like, what is that? And then there was even more coming over the hill and they surrounded our car. They were basically using our vehicles as salt licks. They were licking the salt off of our vehicles. It was hilarious. And we really didn't think that was gonna happen. And so I was in the car, like I said, and I thought it would be fun to roll down the window and see what happened. So I did all the way and my little donkey friend stuck his head right in the window I had my coat in my lap and I put it over my head, screamed tried to press myself up against the other side of the back seat but Anthony decided to open his window all the way so we had two donkeys in the back seat basically with us it was was kind of funny Um, so that was an eventful 15 minutes of how do we get out of here because they're all around our cars Um, so that was fun uh, but the second thing I want to share with you is, is I guess, if, if you would ask me the one thing that I learned the most from on this trip, it would, it would be this. Um, on our last full day in South Dakota, we went to a reservation. It's the Cheyenne River Reservation. Um, it's about two and a half or three hour drive from Rapid City, which is where we were spending most of our time. And uh, we went to this reservation on a little town that's a part of the reservation called Cherry Creek. And um, we actually went there last year, so it was neat to go back and see familiar faces. But a little bit about Cherry Creek, it's, it's a very poor place. A lot of the reservations are poor. Um, and it's a very spiritual place, but not in a Christian manner. So it's, it's one of those places that you really have to bathe in prayer before you go and while you go. And once you leave, I mean, it, it needs a lot of prayer. Um, the warfare is, is pretty intense there. So on the way there, the first hour of our car ride, um, we were goofing off in the van and, you know, making jokes and playing games and stuff. And then after a while, like most long car rides, people started to fall asleep and people put their iPods in and so it got pretty quiet. And I found myself eventually being the only person awake other than the driver. And um, so I just took the time to pray and to just think about what was coming up and... I just felt my stomach start to turn and my heart was getting really heavy and it's a feeling that I know all too well but I knew that I knew that there was, there was a lot of spiritual warfare that was going on in that moment and we were about to come across even more of it when we got there so I was just kind of preparing myself um, but the closer we got there the more oppressed I felt. And um, I didn't know if it was really towards me or not, but I definitely felt something. And so we got there, and, and we, um, like I said, we saw a lot of familiar faces, which is pretty cool. Um, some of the little kids were like, I remember you from last year. And that was really neat. Um, so we did a service there. We had done this service a couple of other times throughout the week. And we did the music, and we did skits, and uh, th- the gospel was presented in a very brief manner. Uh, we had a meal with the people. We played with the kids, fellowshiped with the adults. And then we gave out clothing that a lot of you donated. So thank you very much for that. They were really blessed by that. Um, and eventually, as we were kind of wrapping things up, there, there's a group of Mennonite missionaries there. And we remember them from last year. And so we were making connections and talking with them. There's about six of them. I think there's three girls and three guys. And they're pretty young. They're in their mid-20s. So we were talking, and eventually the girl said, Hey, do you want to, like, see our school that we teach at and see our church? Like, we'll take you there. It's, you know, it's right down the street. And so we were like, yeah, sure. So we didn't really tell Pastor Todd what we were doing, but a couple of us left and went to um, to see their their facilities. It was kind of neat. We saw their little schoolhouse, and then we saw their church, and um, their church was a very humble building. It was basically chairs and a furnace um, so that was that was kind of shocking. Um, definitely not not like this. Um, so we talked with them for a few minutes, and I think we were an encouragement to them just just getting to talk with other Christians because there's not a lot of Christians um, amongst Native Americans, and especially on the reservations. And even if there are, they don't talk about it a lot. So it was neat to get to talk with them. But after um, after we were done you know, seeing everything. We were in the parking lot getting ready to leave, and um, I was I was just kind of looking around, just taking it all in, um, kind of getting a mental picture of everything because I forgot my camera charger, and uh, so I had to take mental pictures. <laughs> um, so I was looking around, and I was just thinking, and I was looking off in the distance, and I was seeing the landscape, and it's really pretty out there, and then I kind of scanned, and I see the town, and tears just filled my eyes because it is so poor. They are physically poor people, um, and they are spiritually poor. And I just thought in my head, I cannot believe I'm in the United States right now. This doesn't feel right. This is really my country. And um, I, don't know, I just really, I felt burdened for these people. And it's funny because last year, like I said, last year we went to the same place and so I was there, but it was, it was nighttime, so I didn't really see the community, because um, they don't really have streetlights there or anything. It's just a dirt road and buildings. And it was just funny, because I thought, well, I was here, and I was surrounded by all of this, but I never realized it. And that was when the light bulb just went off in my head, and I felt God telling me, exactly, that's the lesson I want you to learn here. In life, you are surrounded by a lot of poverty, and not just physically, but a lot of it's spiritual. You're surrounded by it, but you don't always see it. And you just need to be more aware of that. And um, so it's definitely a big lesson that I am taking away from the trip. Um, and hopefully it's a lesson that I never forget. And um, it's a challenge to just keep my eyes open. So... Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm really thankful for that moment and just the realization that the Lord gave me. So Eric's going to come now and share something with you guys.
3: Hi, my name is Eric. This was my first trip to South Dakota with the group. And uh, I had no idea what to expect. I have never been further west than a little bit into Ohio so I didn't even know what I was going to see in terms of landscape. Um, But one thing God definitely made this trip about for me personally was making it a learning experience because I didn't think I had this view, but I had a very ignorant view of Native American culture and uh, how they live today. And the whole trip was almost an educational eye-opener on this is... Uh, people group you have never given any thought to, this is how they live, and as Megan said, this is the poverty they live in, and God kind of showed me it's very urban in places, and I hadn't thought of that at all. I had spent some time in Nashville a few years ago helping with a youth urban ministry, and the similarities between that and this trip were amazing, Um, a lot of the same problems uh, that happened in Nashville were going on right there. And I guess the biggest difference was when I was in Nashville, there was a hope for a lot of the people um, that they were able to get out of that life. And the Lakota people, they don't really seem to have that hope. They seem very beaten down because of all the struggles and uh, tur- turmoils that have gone on in their lives. And it was. The whole trip was just God saying, see this, know about this, you've never thought about it, now it's time. And I, I felt very ineffective uh, being there. We had watched a video called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, and watching just the history made me angry, and uh, I felt just useless about everything. I mean, I can't go back and fix the history And the problem today just seems so big. What can I do? And I thought the whole week was going to just be me laced with anger about that. And this one night came where we were hosting uh, a bunch of young adults, uh, young being from 25 to 60, in our our small house. And they were sharing testimonies with us. And I was noticing a lot of them... uh, they had a lot of struggles with education throughout their lives. One was 25 and he had dropped out of college and now he was going back. One woman uh, I hope, I think she was in her late thirties, I hope she isn't offended by that guess. Um, She's going back to college. Uh, There was a girl who was just leaving the reservation coming to town and trying to finish her senior year of high school and I hadn't really thought about how I would relate to anybody there because I didn't think I would have anything in common, but As they were all sharing these problems, it just kind of hit me. I'm a high school dropout, and I'm going to be a college graduate in May. And it just seemed like if I hadn't shared my testimony, I would have done a disservice to myself in a way. So I shared it, and I don't know if it reached anybody, and I don't know what effect it might have had. But afterwards, it was a blessing to just see God's light shining from a hole that I had created in my own life and seeing how he could work with that in not just a way that I had thought it could work, but with a completely different people group in a completely different location than I ever thought. I drove 24 hours to share a 20 minute testimony. And if that's all that happened, then I feel like the trip had been worthwhile because it felt like something I had to do. And, I, uh, I just encourage anybody who's thinking about maybe going on the trip next year, if they have any doubts or reservations, just know that you can't know now or even in a year what God is going to do if you do go. So that's what I have to say. Thank you.
4: My name is Kendra Andrews, and uh, this is also my first time uh, going to South Dakota. And uh, I'd been on the fence about going. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go, and I kind of chose it past the last minute to uh, to actually go, um, but I'm so glad I did. It was such a great trip, and um, it was so good to just be with um, the team, um, some really godly people, and so that was just really great. Um, the trip was not what I expected it to be. Um, it, was, it was great, and, and God did really great things, but when uh, we first got there. Um, I kind of expected that every night we'd be doing services for hundreds of people, and like, God was just gonna like rain down, and like there'd be thunder and light. I don't know. I I just expected it to be like really big, visible things. And when we first got there, we went to um, Allen, and um, we did a service there. And I was helping lead the worship, and uh, our team was singing along with us, but. It didn't seem like anyone else was, and um, they just—I don't know—they didn't seem very engaged. And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if they're like happy that we're here." Or I don't know—it was—it was a little discouraging. Um, but later, like four days later, um, the Solways came and told us that nine people had actually been saved during that service, and I was just like, "Wow!" I, I had no idea that that was going on, and so it's just—it just really shows that, like. I think sometimes we're always looking for God to, like, show himself in these huge ways, and sometimes he works in really quiet and small ways. And um, God, God was really showing me that uh, this week. We uh, were doing a lot less physical work than we thought we would, and um, it just seemed like a lot of times we were... Uh, saying, oh, I wish we could be doing more, but I think God was telling us, you're doing exactly what I need you to be doing. And um, sometimes we don't see what God's doing. And, and uh, yeah, so uh, that was one of the things. And um, I've really been challenged to pray for uh, the Lakota people and the people of South Dakota. Um, there's um, particular people that I've been um, challenged to pray for as well as the whole. Um, there was this one lady who would come uh, when we had people over at night to fellowship with, and her name was Dawn. And uh, she um, works, she does um, like beading work, and she makes shields, and she makes clothes, and she makes all these very, very cool um, Native American pieces of art. And they had taken us to the place where she works. Um, just because there's a lot of cool stuff, but so we could like see um, the work that she does and stuff. And they told us afterwards that one of the reasons they took us there is because so we could see the beautiful work, but to know that the people who do the work, they're the Native people, um, it's basically kind of slave labor, because they do all this work, and they're, they have to buy their own materials to do the work, and then... The store will buy it from them for a very low price and then sell it for a very high price. So they have to do all this work for um, little reward to live on. And she was just the sweetest lady. And um, I was really challenged just to pray for her. And so I would challenge you as well, even if you don't know about specific people, but just to pray for the Solways as they're doing their ministry there and to pray for South Dakota because God is really um, stirring up some hearts over there. And it was really cool and powerful to see. So now Anthony and Eric are going to come and share one of the skits that we did um, <clears throat> in, in some of the services while we were there.
5: Hi, my name's Emily Paradko, and I am a junior at Houghton, and I have a unique situation in that this was my third time going to South Dakota. Um, I never really thought I'd go to South Dakota three times in four years, because when you say you're going on a mission trip to South Dakota, people are pretty much just like, why would you want to go there? Because there's not really much out there. But, um it's just proof to me that God works in really interesting ways, and even though we may not understand why he's bringing us to something at that moment, he could use it for good in the future. And um, This was my second time going to Allen, which is the first place that we went um, when we got to South Dakota, and Allen is a really small town. Um, You have to drive on a dirt road for about 45 minutes to get there. It's pretty isolated, and There's just a great deal of poverty, and the people in Allen have been asking for a church for a while. Um, There's no church right in Allen. The closest one is about 20, 25 minutes away, and not everyone there has a car, so they just really wanted a place of their own in their own town. Um, So we did the first outreach in Allen with the church that we were working with from Rapid City, and... Um, we did worship for a little while, and then Pastor Larry shared, and then Pastor Todd shared a little bit, and then we had a meal all together. And during the meal, it was really cool to just be able to talk to the people and just kind of hear their story, where where they've come from, um, what they're doing in Allen, and just kind of how the Lord has been working in their lives. And, um after the meal, we unloaded this horse trailer full of clothes. Um, There were bags and bags and bags, like, piled almost up to the ceiling. There were so many clothes. And so we laid those out on the table and distributed them to all the people there. And they were so happy just to get a blanket or a hat for their baby or diapers. And it's just things that we take for granted so easily here. And... You know, I have three blankets at my house to choose from for when I get cold, and these people didn't even have one. So it's just really eye-opening that there's poverty that's at a third-world level in our own country. And um, it was just a privilege to be there and just to see the the joy on their faces receiving such simple gifts. Um, We didn't do a lot of fancy things while we were in South Dakota. We did a few worship services, and we just had people over for dinner and fellowshiped with them. But um, God just completely took over throughout the trip, and he really used what we did for his glory. And it was just incredible to be a part of that. And just being on this trip reminded me of the reason of why we're called to do what we do as Christians. We're called to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that is really the gist of what we were able to do in South Dakota. Um, We went to four different places, and every place we went to, God continued to show his faithfulness. There were a lot of times when we didn't know what we would be doing, and there were a lot of times when we weren't really doing anything. We were just kind of hanging out and, you know, talking to people. But... um, just knowing that God was using that. And to me, the theme of this trip was trust. Um, trusting that Pastor Todd would lead us in the right direction. Trusting that our teammates would be there for us when we needed them. And trusting that God would use what we are doing for his glory. Um, it's exciting that even though we may not see the direct fruits of our labor, um, we didn't. there weren't a lot of times where we saw... The effects of what we were doing immediately but just God was just teaching me to trust in him that he would bring those things that we did to fruition whether it's a month from now or a year from now or five years from now just trusting that God has a plan and that he's going to use the time that we spent in South Dakota for his glory thank you
6: I'm Brandon Hoffman, and I'm going to brag on the team. Um, When we were in Allen, so a couple of them mentioned the the Allen uh, reservation there, and when we were in there, we did a little service, and then we we had these bags, and we, we put them on tables, and I... I said to myself, okay, we've got the bags, we've got them on tables, we've taken all the clothes out, or, or a, a good deal of clothes, and covered the tables with clothes. So we're done, right? There's, there's no more table space, so we just need to sit back and let them peruse, I guess. Um, and so I kind of stood back and okay, we did it, we did our job. Um, and I started looking around, and I noticed that the ten people, there's only five here, there, there were ten students, they were practically running around running around like they could not possibly work fast enough. And I thought to myself, what are they doing? We're done. Like, the tables are filled with stuff. We're done. There's nothing more we can do here. And, uh, and, I, and I just sat back for a minute and just watched them running around. And I noticed that they were, they were going to all the different people and figuring out what they needed and trying to get it for them and do everything they possibly could to serve these people. And I was really impressed. And I tried to jump in and, you know, do my part. Um, but the other thing that I was really impressed with is, oftentimes during the week, we were asked to share our testimony, either in a service or in private settings, and and these guys were open, um, really open, and shared some really hard stuff uh, that really, I, c- I could tell was making an impact on, on the people there, um, and... I just blanked. <laughs> um, but the, the people there, uh, sorry, have, have never experienced this kind of humility and this kind of servanthood. Uh, the, if, you, if you talk to the, the Native Americans there, what they've experienced specifically from white people throughout their history and throughout their lives, we've come in and we tried to destroy them. We come in and we try to tell them that you're worthless, you're scum of the earth, and you either need to die or completely become somebody else because we're better than you and you need to become us or you're worthless. And that's what they've, that's ingrained in their head. And and when these students came and said, we are here to serve you, um, you are really important to us and we're going to get down on our knees and serve you, it, it made a huge, huge impact on them. Um, and I I can't express how how big of an impact that made on, on the people there.
1: Well, there you have it, sort of a, a, somewhat of a picture of what the week looked like and what all the Lord was doing in us and, and through us in the ministry there. Um, there's so much more detail we could go into about the trip. Um, if you want a play-by-play, send me an email and I'll send you a play-by-play. Uh, but, uh, this is just a great team. It's a wonderful uh, team. And as Brandon said, they all just jumped in and served so well and so effectively. And, and, uh, the Lord really blessed, uh, our ministry and us through our interactions with the, uh, the Lakota people. And, um. Uh, I just want to encourage you to pray specifically for uh, Larry and Dale Solway. Uh, Larry is the native pastor of the Hesapa New Life Wesleyan Church in Rapid City, and he's sort of the director of native ministries in South Dakota itself. Um, we heard from Rich Avery a few weeks ago, who's the director of uh, native Wesleyan ministries, you know, in general. Uh, Larry and Dale sort of have responsibility for the, the ministries in South Dakota And so I want to encourage you to pray for them. Uh, They are doing a difficult work and seeing amazing results. Uh, The Lord's really blessing and people are coming to Christ. Um, They need people who can go in and help disciple all of these young new believers that are coming to the Lord. Um, And pray also for Cheryl and Tito Arwayo. They are the pastors of the Pier Lakota Chapel Wesleyan Church, uh, which is another ministry in South Dakota. Associated with Wesleyan Native Ministries, and they're doing a great job there too. Uh, we had the opportunity to spend uh, to to be in their Sunday service um, the first weekend that we were out there. Um, so I want to just encourage you to to pray for them, and I just want to say thank you to all of you as a as a church, as a congregation, and as individuals who who prayed for us and uh, supported us through this trip and this ministry. Uh, we're just grateful for the opportunity to have, to have gone and served in South Dakota among the Lakota Sioux. Well, at this time, I want to invite you to stand for our closing hymn, hymn number 302, Oh Jesus, I Have Promised. Following the benediction this morning, the team will be out there in the foyer. If you have questions or would like to just interact with them for a few minutes, receive the benediction this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.